We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Meanwhile, we're back underway. The Cavaliers on a 16-11 lead as Randall barges across the lane, deals to Robinson, and Robinson dunks. Um, Nicholas Roberts, if Mitchell wins MVP and RJ isn't an all-star, um, well, I don't think RJ Barrett's going to be an all-star this year. Start there. Mitchell, if Mitchell wins MVP, I mean, this might just be general, not so much this year. Like in the sense of the trade, like if they well, didn't, sure. Not move I mean, RJ. yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely a chance that RJ is never an all-star on this contract. Do I think Mitchell will win? MVP? I think if he ever does win MVP, I think it's going to be this year. Cause I think there'll be like a narrative. Cause I think that it would, it would, the narrative, it, it, it's actually not that I don't think he wins it. But to finish top five on the ballot, if Cleveland's like the three seed, yeah, um, you know, you're going to get obviously Giannis. You're going to get Luca almost probably almost regardless of where Dallas finishes, as long as they're a playoff team. You know, you probably get Curry like it's it's going to be tough for him to finish top five. But do I, I, I think it's certainly possible he finishes top five MVP. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I think he'll get close to that, but I he's not going to win. An MVP award, just you have to be such a higher caliber player. And that's not where he's at. He's very good, 100%. And I think him having him being on a good team will only help his case because the MVP award, they love players who have top four seeds. I think Russ was really the only time in recent years where they've been last year. Yeah. And yeah. And that was like, you know, oh, well, you got injuries. And with Russ, it was, oh, you lost KD. So, Usually it would have to be more than that. So I agree. Um, CT Pittman, what's going on, CT? Why does it seem that every team sets harder screens than the Knicks? And the last question is, why does every team get wide open threes versus the Knicks? Sigh, a curious fan. Um, look, last season's three-point defense for as horrendous as it seemed, their three-point defense was not bad. It was the, the final numbers were were okay. Um, and their overall defense was was pretty good. I think again, the defense was not crisp tonight. And I think there's some like Benji's been all over this about specifically with RJ and Julius, like the decision, are we going to switch it? Or are we going to, are we going to not switch it? Like that's, there's, there's some stuff they got to clean up. Uh, but the reason you get nights like this, cause this is Thibodeau's scheme. He's like nothing at the rim and you just got to make, you got to be perfect on the perimeter. You got to make the extra effort. And, you know, you got to have you got to be flying at guys. 
you got to be flying it, guys. And they did not do a good enough job of that tonight. The screens thing is like, I hate to say it, a lot of that's Mitch. It's the one part of his game yep. that is still just like, man, it's very, it can be very frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is subject to change, but for what it's worth, I mean, in terms of defensive shooting accuracy uh, against the Knicks defense, uh, the Knicks are eighth. Yeah. In terms of, you know, percentage. So, like it, it's it's been a it's a proven pretty proven formula that has continued to work. They just you, ha, you do have to execute it pretty perfectly, and they did not do that tonight. But it's a good question, um, and I definitely get the frustration. That's for sure. A um, couple more, and then we'll we'll uh, do a little quick interlude to give out some game balls for the week and detentions. Stevens Giame, Grimes was severely missed this game. Beat the Cavs in every offensive snap of threes. Poor coaching and defense killed us. Um, I don't know what. You wanted Tom Thibodeau to do tonight. Um, I don't think the Knicks executed as well as they should have. I thought their coaching looked pretty good when they were up by nine in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then the team completely fell apart. And, you know, the star on the other side of the court decided to take over the game. Um, but, yeah, we definitely miss Grimes, that's for sure. Yeah. And then there's uh, the emojis there. I don't know if you see. French flag, rocket ship. LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we're getting the 48 to the Lakers trade anytime soon. Uh, yeah. I don't know how just mathematically that would work out where they would do it. No, it really would sure. It'd have to involve other guys. It'd be like a four team trade. Well, it could be a two team trade. It's just that you'd have to send out it. it yes. But yeah. realistically, right. realistically, exactly. I could see, could I see the Knicks or I'm, I could see the Knicks getting in on a, larger rush trade where they essentially dump Fournier for nothing. Yeah. I mean, it would have to involve one of the cap space teams getting like being right. the, the, the home for Russ and like, like maybe be like healed goes, but like Turner doesn't or something. Like, I don't know. There, it, I, I'm not sure what, what would have to happen, but there's a world where it could happen. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Stevens. Uh, busy was Fournier bad on defense tonight? I mean, he was he was Evan Fournier on defense tonight. He was he, he had some nice moments, but he he also had some moments that were not great. He didn't seem that bad to me. I think the reason why the Knicks lost tonight was out of their control. Hashtag top end talent. Um, yeah, I mean, what what would the Knicks have had to do tonight to win the game? Um, make more shots, make more threes. They made 10 threes against a team that made 22 and Donovan Mitchell took over. Yeah. That's true. And they still had 37% from the, from the three. The Knicks. Yeah. I mean, which is not great, not terrible, but they just, they didn't take that many. 27 threes again against any team in the NBA in 2022 is not a lot against this team with the way you have to beat them. It's really not a lot. They just didn't want to fire away. I'd be curious what Tibbs says after the game in terms of like if he thinks that they should have shot more threes. Um, good comment, Busy. Uh, Greg Film Stuff. Maybe uh, this will be the last one before we um, give out game balls and, and detentions. Is it fair to want more out of um, I'm just, IG? I'm, I'm wondering if he means Emmanuel quickly. Is the G next to the Q on the on the keyboard? Do we have another uh, player? Well, G is next to the H, which should be Isaiah Hartenstein, if that's the yeah. case. But. Okay. Well, let's read the rest of the comment. Maybe it'll reveal. I think his offense is crucial to this team. 
And a night like tonight, the Knicks could have used 20 from him, and he has a green light. We need IQ to be Clarkson. Yeah, it definitely meant um, IQ. IQ. Yeah. Um, is it fair to want more from him? I think, uh, again, I quoted his uh, three-point number before. He, overall this season, um, Emmanuel quickly in 22 minutes a game, so a little less than half the game, is taking eight, a little over eight field goal attempts, shooting 36% from the field and 30, 30% from deep. Getting to the line two times per game, which is a drop off from last year. Um, the assist number is nice. Four assists in, in 22 minutes a game is a nice number from him. So it seems like he's more focusing on, on that aspect of his game. And I wonder, is that taking away from his offense or scoring the scoring part of his offense? Um, I don't know. I'm happy. I'm like, yeah, they need more from him. I'm not racing, uh, ringing the alarm bells just yet. Yeah. And I think the other thing, Clarkson's an excellent offensive player. I mean, we're talking about someone who was the sixth man of the year award not too long ago, but to me, quick does so much more on the defensive end. Yep. That it's like, yeah, offensively, you certainly want him to take more control. I mean, it'd be great to have someone like Clarkson, but because of what he's able to do on the other end, that's where like, yeah, he might not be scoring 20, but he's saving more points than Clarkson. Is. And just to be clear, Clarkson as a shot maker is like that dude might be one of the best, I don't know, 50 shot makers in the league. Even that might even be putting it like I watched Great. the end of the the game, uh, Utah versus New Orleans earlier this year that Utah pulled out in overtime and like the offense in the overtime was just Clarkson, which is Clarkson ISOs. And like they know it was working out great, but like you can you could like that that could be an offense in overtime and you give yourself a chance to win because they won. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a really special offensive player. All right. Um, we're gonna take very, very, very couple, brief minute or two to give out game balls and detentions for the week. You won the week, so you get to give out the first game ball. Um, I have a feeling I know where you're going, but do what you gotta do. Yeah, you know, he didn't have the, the best back end of the week, but I'm gonna go with Jalen Bronson again, just naturally. Yeah, I I first game I was able to go do this season was the Hornets game had uh, a blast and I can't really remember the last time hit that above the break three. He hit that elicited <sighs> such an eruption from the crowd, like got people that excited. I'm, I know it's happened certainly last season, but the stakes were different because it didn't feel like the Knicks, their backs were against the wall and, and all of that. So um, no, just a phenomenal night from him. Just really lovely to see what he was able to do. And yeah, you know, he's going to struggle. I think what teams are starting to also realize is that if we're able to hone in a lot more on Jalen Brunson, it's going to make life a little bit harder for the other Knicks. But just there are things he's able to do that I have not really seen the Knicks have a point guard doing or any player doing in a very long time. So um, as long as he keeps playing seemingly the best out of anyone, I'm going to keep making him, I'm going to keep giving him the game ball. He gets it this week. Yeah. I feel like the front runner for an Oscar that didn't have an acceptance speech because obviously you were going to go with Brunson. And I'm sitting here now looking at the rest of the contenders. I I don't. He's so obviously the game ball um, recipient. 
this week, even though he did not finish the week off great. I and I want to acknowledge that. Um, I, oh God, you know what? I'm going to give it to Obi. I know Obi didn't have a great second half performance tonight. Um, and those were probably his worst five minutes of the season. But I think all in all this year, Obi has like there was, I think there was some modicum of pressure coming into the season on him because there was a lot of, a lot of excitement about him being a guy that should get playing time, more playing time, not necessarily over Julius Randall, but just more playing time. And Randall came out this year and he's played well, it would have been really easy for Obi to kind of shirk back and let that, let that overwhelm him. And in the four games he's played this week or in the four games he played this week in 15 minutes a night, he's averaged just under 10 points, um, three and a half rebounds, uh, 1.3 assists and the shooting numbers on 3.33s per game. And again, this is in under 15 minutes a game. He's shooting 3.3. So per 36, that's like uh, eight shooting eight threes per 36, roughly 53.8%. He's draining the threes and 57.7% overall. Um, I know we still have the moments where he might not make the correct decision on defense or he might, you know, get beat and he's not great on the glass, but like Obi's been everything he could want. And then some, and uh, you know what they, what they do with that situation continues to be the elephant in the room. So, yeah. Uh, Okay. Detention. So I go first on detention. Yes, you do. Is, do you think there's an obvious detention candidate? I think there's one who's the front runner. I think there's another who comes to mind. Okay. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'll be, I'll be a man of the people. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a man of the people. I'll, 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 I'll put Evan 48 in detention. Um, I feel a little bad about doing it though. I just, he, his general, it's not his fault. This, I, I just, this is not the right team for him. They should have, not, you know what? I'm going to, can I have a couple chairs? I'm going to put, I'm going to put Evan 48 and then next to him, I'm going to put the collective um, front office uh, for the next because they went out and they signed him to a big contract. And I think we could sit here and say for as much as there were reasons to want to do that, and we all know what those reasons were, that was a bad signing. They should not have made that signing. I understand what the thinking was. Um, It has not worked out. This this team, to the extent it is going to have success with this iteration, with this roster, with this coach – they have to play a certain way. They have to play with a certain type of personnel and they thought they could screw with that formula and still have success. And I'm, I'm it's mostly on Fournier because like I, I, we were all on board with the signing when it happened, but they're supposed to be better than us, right? Theoretically, the front office. And they didn't see this. They didn't see how this would turn out. It has not turned out well. Um, I'm not saying there's not a role for him on this team. If they made a few moves, there is but it's off the bench and it's in an ancillary role. I do not think he should be a starting wing on this team, given again, how they're constructed. That's not all on him. 
be very clear. It is not all on him. But you'd you'd have like you'd like to see a little bit more on some nights in terms of the, you know, just bringing it, bringing the toughness. We don't see that enough. Agreed. And I think he was he was the front runner I had in mind. So okay. If you didn't pick him, I was going to. So I'm and, curious then. <laughs> in a similar vein of, I feel kind of bad giving this player the uh, detention. Um, for reasons I will explain in a moment, I'm going to go with Mitchell Robinson. Wow. The reason I say I feel bad about it is because I look at the point of attack defense in front of him and it's it's so lackluster that, of course, he's going to run into trouble. Like, I thought he did a quality job on Giannis and Giannis got some superstar whistles. It happens. I like the fact that he stayed out there even with two fouls. For me, I think the bigger thing is that you have to incorporate him into the offense more. Like, it, you're at the point where he's making $60 million over four years. And this year is the worst of the four financially, which is fine because that means that it only gets better over time. And, you know, we talked about the contract to me. It was always like, I'm surprised it wasn't a team option year four, but the descending part of it, I really can't hate on it. And I still can't, I still, I'm, it's fine, but it's more just, you need more out of him, especially from the rebounding standpoint. But it's hard when there are other guys who won't box out. Like you were talking earlier as well about um, setting screens. How many, this is his fifth season and we're still talking about yes. the inability to really set a screen. And that's not, that's a big deal. Something that's going to change. It, it's just, it's not, um, you know, I'd like to see the Knicks run more pick and roll in general. It's actually, I expect them to do that because if you go back and look at the frequency, especially more from the, the ball handlers, I know we're talking about role men with someone like Mitch, but they were top five both the last two years in terms of frequency. And going into this game today, I want to say they were like 10th, 12th. And it's surprising because they went out specifically to sign Jalen Brunson who had the highest points per possession in terms of pick and roll ball handling. Um, And so you'd think that the frequency would certainly be elevated from there because if someone's that good at it and it's not just a limited sample size, he's going to do more of that. And if the Knicks run more pick and roll, then they have Mitch as the role man and able to do more in that sense. So again, I, the reason, as I said, I feel a little bad about giving it to Mitch because I do think there are greater issues. And that's why I would put Evan Fournier first and why I would have taken if you hadn't, but given that I'm not just going to say, point of attack defense because number one, Jalen Brunson was my game ball winner. And number two, Evan Fournier makes up the other 50% of, yeah. uh, of that backcourt. Uh, unfortunately it falls on Mitch's shoulders and um, it's just where we're at. I, I just, first of all, why do you hate Mitchell Robinson? Uh, second of all, got to keep the brand strong, you know, got to keep the brand strong. Yeah. Second of all, he did have two very good games. Granted two games yes. to start the week that he should have dominated. And I left the magic game or maybe the Hornets game being like, Hey, is he in finally in the conversation for like one of the 10 best centers in the NBA? And then, you know, you can't be in that conversation if you're going to come out and just not perform against, against the, the tougher, against the tougher teams. Um, Honorable mention Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish did not have great, you know, great go of things. No. Uh, and like, can we give honorable mention to RJ Barrett? Wasn't a great week. It for a lot of these guys. It just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're talking about a team that went two and two. And one of those wins was, um, it was close. It was really close. It's, it really is crazy. Like, I guess this is the best thing we could say to wrap up the week as a whole is like, 
who had a great week? Like Jalen Brunson had the best week. I think we would both agree about that, right? Yes. But Jalen Brunson had the best week and he had two kind of not great games and his game against Memphis wasn't particularly great either. So like Jalen Brunson's played six games this season. Three of them have been outstanding and, you know, three of them have been either met or bad from a shooting perspective. And I know he does other things like other than that, like. Here's a question, but then we'll get to the Super Chats after this. Who's been the second best Nick this season? It's a great question. I don't, I, I I ask it knowing that there's not really an answer. I don't I don't think there's an answer. Like you could I think you could probably make an argument for Julius Randle. I don't know that I want to make that argument. Um, but like, you know, he's been getting a lot of attention and he's been making some shots and like his overall numbers from the field um, you know, 43.8% from the field overall, which is like again, not great, but you know, especially when you consider the three-point numbers. But is that still on a curve? Because in a vacuum, I mean, like if we're saying he's the second, if we're saying that he is an argument for the second best, I and he's, like he's a big man too. And if like your big yeah. man is, and I'll look up what he's shooting on twos. So I'll, I'll go, I'll grab that number. But I guarantee it's not that great either. Uh, yeah, I guess it is on. A, I mean, is it Obi? I was going to suggest it might be in his 15, 15 and a half minutes tonight. <laughs> hey, listen. Here's the thing about Obi. Um, Obviously, I want Obi to see more minutes, and I think that creating a creating an environment in which you're working with Tibbs, but it's basically, oh yeah, it's really just Julius, and then Obi gets the scraps at the four. Um, that's obviously not ideal, and something does need to be addressed at a certain point. But as much as I do want to see Obi get more minutes, I can't help but think of the the perfect expression that I feel applies to him is there. Are, there's no such thing as small parts, only small actors. And he ah, is doing great, great. so much in his role, which is a smaller role, but he's, he's shining in that smaller role. He just, I'd like for him to have a larger role. And I'd like for him to then take the step into that one. But until then he's other than tonight uh, in the second half. Yeah. I really feel he's been doing a lot of what's been required of him or what's, what's been asked of him. And that's important. It's really important to get that level of production. It, it's silly that we're in the third season and we're still talking about yeah. what Obi Toppin's role is going to be. But I mean, I just, I look at the, the litany of picks that have not panned out by the Knicks and especially in the lottery. And it's just nice to see someone who, you know, he's an NBA player and it's not like with Neil Aquina or Knox, where it's like, this is someone who's drafted highly and they just need the opportunity to yeah. show so we see what they have. No, we it's, know we it's we know what Obi has Obi's and good. we just want to see more of it. And I like that. I, I'm but we want to see more well, of it. You know? Look, I think we could agree that uh it's I, I think it's pretty easy to argue it's either Randall or Obi, which right there, if you want to talk about why the Knicks have this issue, like there, there you go, right there. And also, by the way, in that draft, Patrick Williams drafted fourth, not exactly lighting the world on fire. Um Isaac Okoro drafted fifth. Um not exactly. Lighting the world on fire. Who All also, right. mind you, the Cavs could have traded down the whole Knicks. There was a conversation of the Knicks trading up in order to get Obi, and yep. they didn't have to do that. Um, obviously, people will point to Tyrese Halliburton, who's doing a really nice job this season. Oh, uh, listen, Halliburton. 
Yeah. That's a miss. They they should have they sure. the Knicks would be a better team today if they had Tyrese Halliburton. Sure. Let's just let's just agree with that. All right, let's get back to the super chats. Um, thanks everybody for uh, your patience. Ryan Huang, what's going on, Ryan? I get that my trade is expensive. Um, I, oh, this is the uh, regarding the Mitchell trade he proposed, but I think you have to go get the star, spend two years getting three and D types, and then go for it with more picks unlocked. So, I think there is a reason that is. That is reasonable, right? That is reasonable if you figure, okay, we're gonna we're gonna build this thing up over the next two years, two to three years. And then once 2025 comes, maybe there's a free agent. And then whatever. By that point, you've unlocked three more picks. And if you kept two picks in the holster or three picks in the holster um after the trade, okay. The danger there, and I think it's a real danger is if you, it seems like it was either Grimes or that third unprotected. If you trade away Grimes, again, there's a real downside risk. Even with Donovan Mitchell, that your team is like going to be a play-in team. And given how good the East is, do I think that that's likely? Probably not likely, but like, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's off the table, you know, and then it's, you know, the more, the more unprotected first you give away and you're not like a surefire contender. It's like, there's a reason that teams who make these trades where they give up three unprotecteds fancy themselves contenders and the Knicks could not do that. So it's just like, I'm not saying it couldn't have worked out. It definitely could have worked out. I just, it's, it's a, there's real downside risk. Yeah. I think the other issue is spending two years getting three and D types. Easier it's, said than it's, done. Yeah, it, words right out of my mouth. It's so much easier said than done. You know, like look at the Cavs, right? They gave up 2025, 2027, 2029 with swaps in, bet- in between. We don't have the information on what picks the Knicks were going to give up years wise in terms of unprotected. But it's safe to say, I believe, that what Utah was really fishing for were picks later on because they were betting on it not working out for the Knicks. So let's say it were, it, you know, it was like 27 and 29. If that's the case or held 26 and 28, yes, you are unlocking these three years of picks in the next three years, but you're not necessarily doing that because of the stepping rule, which actually will then prohibit you from maybe dealing the next one. Like if it's a 2029 pick, you don't really get the 2030 pick because you don't get it to trade. Like you get yeah. the 2031 and you, or you get the 2032 if you keep moving forward. But it's one of them. It's not both of them. And so it just gums up the works for everything that's there. It's not even – yeah, it's it's an, uh, it's a luxury the Knicks couldn't afford. And like you're saying, yeah, if you look at the teams that have given up all these unprotected picks, it's because they have someone in the building that they feel gets them into contention status. And sometimes it's even before – Actually, usually it is before acquiring that player or it's someone who is a second fiddle who's so good that one pair with that other player helps them immensely. Like Anthony Davis, right? I mean, it wasn't quite three. Where was it? Three unprotected first? Might have been. Uh, they traded away their whole draft. They, right. it, and they did swapping rights, which is still yeah. going to affect them deeply. So like that, you understand uh, in general as a fan, because it's like LeBron's there or Kawhi and Paul George, like any of those types of moves there's logic to it with this. It's then it, let me put it this way. If we are having conversations on like a more micro level on how the Knicks are going to get stars, there's, there's a world where the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell 
And we then see these losses and we compound them as like, okay, yeah, I mean, that was bad, but then what are the Knicks going to do to get that next player? Like you're stuck. You're stuck either with Donovan Mitchell and a depleted uh, treasure trove, or you're in the position the Knicks are in now, which is which player are the, is the team going to go out and get? Yeah. I mean, I think it would have felt better right now. I don't, I don't necessarily think there would be like immediate, like buyers or Morris. I think there is a world where, you know, we're two, we're a year or two down the line and it's like, all right, we did this. We took a step, but like now we can't take the other step because you know, it's we're between a rock and a rock. I don't know. I think it could have worked out. They didn't do it. It is what it is. Um, we'll see what happens. Thanks, Ryan. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next up, Frank Sound. What's going on, Frank? You wish one of our young guys showed a next level in a game like tonight and put people on notice. Is RJ in the best possible shape? Hashtag 43 wins. Um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really worried about RJ's conditioning. I I think he's in good shape. I have no reason to believe that he's not in good shape. Um, as far as young guys showing a next level to their game, I I, I don't know. I'm the guy that I kind of think I, I've I've thought since the summer, and I, I thought before the season would had a chance to really put himself in a different stratosphere as far as the conversation surrounding him has not played a minute yet, and that's Quentin Grimes. So we'll see. We'll see what happens once he gets back. Hope it's soon. I thought Tibbs's quote about RJ getting shots up was telling. You think? Yeah, because, you know, last year I remember it happening and um, there was uproar at the idea of Tibbs throwing RJ under the bus. And then it was, no, no, well, RJ's been sick. He's had something he's been dealing with. And that's the reason. And, and it's like, OK, fine. I get it. That's makes sense. And it just it feels like fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. It, we're not inside the practice facility. We can't. Uh, you know, we don't know what, what RJ is looking like in terms of, but, but we, what we do have is Tibbs saying RJ basically not coming in as late. Like he looks good when he comes in late and hoists shots. And there's one thing that we know about Tibbs is that he, he's loyal to his players and he does not traditionally throw them under the bus, so to speak. He is, he's very um, diplomatic. 
And so when you get smaller little nuggets like this, and when it happens for the second year in a row, it leaves me a little bit concerned. It leaves me feeling like, okay, well, does RJ want to go to that next level? I can't question it because I don't really know. I don't know him. I don't know him well enough to be able to assess whether or not he does. But what I have is relying on Tibbs, and I don't think Tibbs – you don't hear this about other players. I could I could tell you for a fact, uh, one guy they never had to worry about being in the gym late was Quentin Grimes last season. They've even said. he's. They said that he is yeah. he, what, well, the hardest worker on the – Yeah. And when you look was, at him I, like quickly and how hard he works, that's that says yeah. something. I, I took the, the Grimes comment to be more about conditioning, but yes, he was – the, the man spends a lot of time in the gym. I, I will just say that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it all, you look, it all, it all blends together, right? It's like, why were the Knicks seemingly so okay with including RJ in the potential trade? You know, what th- does that factor in? Do these things do the, you know, what, what, what's, what does the Venn diagram look like in terms of like the, the, the you know, the middle section? Um, I don't know. I and not, we'll- not just that. Were the Knicks at the point this summer where they were always comfortable putting RJ Barrett in a trade, but they put out that they didn't want to move him feeling that, okay, if we have to use this as our last play to get Donovan Mitchell, we will. You know what I think? I do. But yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Parrish Duggar. What's going on, Parrish? Simply an IQ issue with the best players um, and Tibbs. Um, so the Knicks are a low IQ team. I don't know if the Knicks are a low IQ team. I think the Knicks don't make enough shots and they, it's an offense that's built. It's a little clunky. Uh, Tibbs. I mean, yeah, we know what the issues are with Tibbs, but I think he's and still it's defense pretty. that just does not look good because they're missing yeah. what I hope to be one of their five starting players. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks Parrish. Robert Cross at one more. This is for Cutlets again. That's a lot of jabbering. I don't, man. Isn't it usually gibber jabbering or is it? I've never heard jabbering. Yeah, I don't know. That's not sure, weird. Robert. Yeah, check that one, Rob. Yeah. Um, I'm hiring you to get this trade done. Hashtag 53 wins. Well, the Lakers play tonight. They retired George Mikan's number tonight. Um, I don't have that game on. I have the, I switched to Magic Dallas as uh, as the Mavs were in a dogfight with the, with the Orlando Magic at home after they um, lost a 16 point lead in the last five minutes to the Thunder last night. Uh, so, Hey, we got the Mavs pick. There's something hopefully. How would you love that Mavs pick to like be the 11th pick in the draft? Wouldn't that be fun? I listen. I still think they're going to be a good team, but I've been saying, I, I think they will be that mid lottery, not mid lottery, excuse me, like mid teens pick. And I'm rooting like hell not to lose because I know they're going to do well. And if they lose a lot of these earlier games and it's like, Oh, Hey, remember when we lost the games earlier in the season and we needed them to be a better team, but instead we're stuck in like, 15th, 16th, 17th overall, like bummer. Um, so yeah, uh, Robert, my fee starts at $10,000 a week. You're welcome to pay that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm on a retainer if you want me to. Sorry, Robert. Uh, next up SB gorilla. What's going on? SB, uh, OB gave up two threes to Kevin love. Yes, he did. Um, that was his blunders. Randall came in and gave up two more threes to Kevin love and refused to get over to Kevin love. Pushes RJ over to get cooked by Spider four times straight to four point play on RJ. Um, I don't blame either of the RJ four point plays on Randall. I think, again, that's a 
that's both of them. It's both of them. They need to figure out, are they switching or are they not switching? Is that on Randall? Is that on RJ? Is that on Tibbs for not making it clear? Like somebody is at fault, but for us to sit here and be like, oh, that's on Randall. Um, I think RJ has to be a play better defense. I think the whole team has to play better defense. OB, Randall, RJ, like everybody. Everybody has to play better defense. They've not played great defense yet this year. Um, But that's fair. Kevin Danishevsky with one more. I meant RJ's defense was particularly bad, which is what I meant. Okay. That's um, yeah. I don't know that. I don't, I don't think we've seen a very good defensive game from RJ yet. Um, Those OB minutes were so heartbreaking. He's been so good. Otherwise. Yeah. I mean, he's allowed to have bad stint. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, everybody has bad games. Everybody has bad halves. Everybody has bad quarters. Always allowed. We've just gotten really spoiled, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Um, he went into tonight, by the way, having, um, unsurprisingly, the um, best plus minus, I believe, on the team. I will check and see if that is still the case. Yeah, saw that. It's less about the number itself, because granted, he's had a lot of run with second units, and uh, a lot of that might be inflated by that Pistons game. But just not even looking at the exact number, the obviously the disparity is a big factor how he is doing well versus just more. It's more a reflection of the other players too, who are kind of towards the bottom list, but yeah, OB, uh, including this game. So 93 minutes total, the Knicks are outscoring opponents by 11 points per hundred possessions with him on the floor. Uh, that number went down tonight from what it was, um, earlier next up, Emmanuel quickly at plus 7.7. The thing with OB that's interesting is the offensive rating with him is just like, really through the roof. It's 116. Um, and the defensive rating is also very good. So, and the, the Knicks worst on off um, numbers differential belong to Evan Fournier. They're minus four per hundred in 152 minutes for a team that overall is outscoring its opponents by 2.1 per hundred possessions. That's not great. That's not a great look. It's nice when the numbers do sometimes match the eye test. Yeah. Yeah, I again. I, the case. I'm I'm so fascinated by what happens when Grimes is back. Really am. Um, GD Nation, what's going on, GD? I cannot do this all season. Watch teams bomb us from outside. This kind of defense is demoralizing. It's been. This is how they play. This is their scheme. If they don't execute it properly, it's going to look like it does tonight when you face a team like the Cavs, who really have it going. But at the same time. The reason they have this scheme and the reason why, if you execute it well, it so often works is because very, very, very few teams in any, if any, in the league have like just a bunch of shooters that you you fear from deep. Most teams are built like the Cavs, where there's an Isaac Okoro or a Karis Levert, or I'm forgetting one other person who I don't think, you know, lit it up from downtown. Like you, you. It's not like you let everybody fire away from deep equally. You're supposed to make the lives of certain players harder, and that is part of the game plan. They just did not execute the game plan as well tonight. Um, have a little patience. Like The defense is going to be fine. It was fine last year. It was the fourth best in the league two years ago. It's going to be fine this year. I, I'm confident in that. Yeah. Again, it's just not wanting shots at the rim. That's a very, very big factor in terms of the Knicks on. Um, and with a better point of attack defense, they are able to mitigate that but that also might mean more threes like we could talk about how depressing the defense felt but the Cavs just hit shots 
you, you can't take so away everything. It wasn't too. just like the Cavs hit shots and Knicks didn't have a good defensive scheme. It's just right. Sometimes we just have to give credit where it's due as opposed to just looking inward and saying, we did this wrong. You know, we did that wrong. Cavs made the shots. Mitchell went off. Kevin Love went off. Neen Wade hit some really clutch shots. So good for them. They did well. Um, also, like Cavs, um, fifth best offense in the league. Grizzlies, best offense in the league. Charlotte as the 14th best offense in the league. Milwaukee, 16th best offense in the league. Like, it's not like these are, you know, these are, and Milwaukee's only that low. I think they, because they played some outstanding defensive teams. Like, Milwaukee's going to be a top 10 offense when all is said and done. I would, actually wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte's top 10 offense before all is said and done. Like, they've played really good offensive teams. Um, they're going to, that will not be the case all year. They'll, they'll, it'll even out. Um, Varunsky's take. What's going on, Varunsky? This game felt like a replica of how Kevin Love burned us last season with the eight threes. For sure. It was very mm-hmm. frustrating. Jeremy's right. Schematically, this doesn't work for a comeback. Um, I liked Fournier's game tonight. I'd be fine if he chucks up 25 threes a game. <laughs> uh, you might be in the minority there uh, yeah. as far as wanting. Do you think he stays? What do you think Cam leaves the rotation and, and Grimes starts? It's a great question. Yes, for two reasons. Number one, Fournier is a vet. Tibbs trusts vets more. And I think uh, number two, there's a, there's a contractual cost in there. There's the sunk cost of Evan Fournier making $18 million. And, um, you know, I, I think kind of the third thing is that the, the defensive focus where, you know, like Cam obviously has a better defense, a better effect defensively than Fournier does. But if you're Tibbs, you're probably thinking, well, I'm making an upgrade in the starting lineup and I still need spacing in that second unit. So, um, you know, we can get by, but I need the spacing. And that's why I think he has, I think, I think there, there's more consistency from Evan to the point where with Cam, yes, you're seeing what you hope to be growth, but because you know that Evan's shot is so good that that is more reliable than what Cam can offer you on a given night. And I'm not saying it's correct. I'm not even saying it's the wrong thing. I'm just saying that because of what he is and as a known quantity, I think that's where Tibbs goes. I would agree with that. I think Grimes will start eventually. I don't think he'll start his first game back. I think they'll, you know, work him in. Yeah. It's a fascinating organizational decision to me. Um, I'll just leave it at that. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks, uh, Varunsky. Parrish Duggar, it's not about Rose being at fault. It's only 12 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I'm not blaming Derek Rose for tonight. Uh, no, I think this was, I th- believe Parrish said earlier about how he looked off. I could be wrong, but it oh, might, yeah. maybe it might have been a follow up. Yes, probably. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, we're, we might be a little behind on the super chats because we, we took a little break to do game balls and detentions. Uh, Parish Duggar with one more. We can't let Tibbs, RJ, and Randall hijack us a fourth year. I mean, this is your team. You just named three of the four, three of the four most prominent members of the team. Um, I, I mean, you at that point you might want to blame the front office who has gone all in with these folks. Uh, they can. They can fire Tom Thibodeau whenever they want. They did not have to extend RJ Barrett. Um, I don't know if they could have traded Julius Randle, but yeah, they gave him an extension a year ago. You know, it is what it is. 
We'll see where it goes. You have to hope you have to hope their their value bet plays off, I think, at the end of the day. Um, thank you for the contributions. Sergio Acosta. What's going on, Sergio? I enjoy you guys more than the Knicks. Thank you. Although I don't know if that's the highest bar. Uh, I almost threw my remote through the TV after watching Kevin Love torch us for the unteamed time. I, people are really annoyed by all the threes. I, I don't, I can't blame anybody not watching. Yeah. It was annoying. Not watching until I go to the garden against the Pistons. Keep up the good work. Um, you're not watching until you go to the garden against the Pistons. That's the game. It's like how many weeks from now? I think they have five games until they play the Pistons, right? Something like that. Yeah. It's um. we'll do predictions at the end, but uh, yeah, we got a little, little ways to go before that. So man, people, people are not happy. Thank you, Sergio. Forgotten NYC. I just want to star, man. It's been a long time. This I absolutely get. If you're just like, Jeremy, I love you. But if anyone out there is like, you know what? Co- Jeremy Cohen, you can go take your logic and you can go shove it where the sun don't shine. Can you really begrudge anyone for that? I can't begrudge them, but again, like, I just want a, a wife, man. It's been a long time. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying. It. I'm just. I'm saying that that logic oh, no. of like. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't mean it quite literally like that. But I in the know. sense of like, yeah, you could go out and find someone, and it's great. But it needs to be with what you're fitting with the entire concept of the team. And it's great to have that star. And it's unfortunate that, unlike most teams, the Knicks are in a position where they have to trade for that star if they cannot develop one as currently on their team or using draft picks that I think is really frustrating. But um, so no, there's no begrudging for wanting a star. We all want a star. It's been a long time. It's just on what terms and you know, you want a star and in a few years you want another star and you just need to be in the position to when you want that star to be able to afford them. That's all. Patience is a virtue. If you do not have that virtue, I'm not going to blame you. I never had it. Forgotten NYC with one more brainstorm time. What happens with all those 2023 picks that are supposed to convert this year, but there's no disgruntled star by the draft. Uh, Only one of the 2023 uh, picks is going to convert. And that's the Mavs pick. The odds are that the Pistons pick and the um, Wizards pick are not only are they not going to convey this year, the odds are that probably neither of those picks convey next year. Um, 2025 is is the year you're really looking at. That's the Bucks pick. It either conveys that year or it goes away. And I would I would look at that year as I don't even know if that's even the most likely year that the Pistons and Wizards picks convey. So I I would argue 2026 for at least one of them and maybe both. Um, so those were those were long term, as Jeremy has talked about. Those were long term asset plays because they anticipate the a start trade being something that materializes later but i think the wizards pick could convey in 2024 i'm not saying it's the likeliest but it's it's what top 12 protected the wizards to me scream (sighs) treadmill you could you tell me anything is going to happen with that franchise and i yeah anywhere between like the eighth pick and the 16th pick or something but that's to me, that's where they are. But even still, if, if we're talking about a situation in which they're, you know, there's no disgruntled star, I think that's where, if you're the Knicks, you look to move up in the draft. And that's where when you 
I'm not suggesting it was like last year where it was, hey, we're at 11. We want Jaden Ivey. How do we get to four or five? I'm saying like, all right, what player a little bit closer where we are? Can we use some of these picks to move up for? There are players on our roster that we need to consolidate in some manner, especially as other guys start to potentially get paid down the line. What are we going to do there? So I think if there's no disgruntled star yet, you have to then look towards packaging your picks to move up. Yeah, I mean... You know, the Knicks allegedly tried really hard to move up in the last in the all three drafts under Leon Rose uh, for Ivy this year, for Duarte the year before, and then for Obi the, the previous year. And the only reason they didn't do that is because they they didn't need to. Um, fair question, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you, Adam K. Thank you for the contribution. Appreciate it. Dan Hidalgo, what's going on, Dan? We knew this before the season started. The Knicks could be much improved and still not improve much in their record. The East is really, really tough. I completely agree, 100%. The problem is that if you if they don't beat some teams that they're not supposed to beat, then we're not talking about a 38-39 win team. Then we're talking about like a 31 win team. If they If they just go out there and they like just win the games that they're favored and lose the games that they're dogs in. I, I, I don't think, do you think the Knicks are going to be favored in like, how many games do you think they're going to be favored in this year? I think it's going to be around 30 or closer to 30. It sounds about right. It, yeah. They're going to be a middle of the road team and they're going to, but I just feel like the losses are not going to feel as crushing as they were last year. And um, I hope I feel like, Sure. Um, I do too, certainly. <laughs> and then the wins are not going to be emphatic, but I think for the most part, they will be just what I hope to be cleaner than they were before. I, you know what will make the losses less crushing? If like tonight was a bad example because the offense just absolutely fell apart and Mitchell went off and like it wasn't close down the stretch. If they lose a tough game down the stretch, if there's an another game the next night, or there was another game the previous night where they won that game down the stretch, which to this year already, you could point to the Hornets game. They won that game down the stretch. That was a good win. They Orlando game even like got a little close and they won that game. And granted, those were not against teams that we think of as good teams. I think this year there's going to need to be some of those good wins again, like, you know, we got it like the Atlanta game, right? The next game they play is against Atlanta. That'll be a great time to go out there and have a nice, tough win down the stretch, right? Yeah. We'll see if we get it. Um, thank you, Dan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, we're ready. Well, we're going to do predictions, but um, I will read the the comment that's up here, which is from Nick's Film School. Thank you for tuning in tonight, everybody. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and follow KFS on social. We're almost out of here. We're not out of here quite yet because we have one more thing left to do, and that is pick next week's games. So next week, the New York Knickerbockers play three games. Ah, there it is. There they are. Atlanta at home. Philadelphia on the road. My goodness. And then Boston on Saturday. They got So they got a, they played three games this week and yet two of them are back to back. So that's interesting. Um, I already know where you're going to go. Uh, so just go there and get it over with. Going to go with one and two. Of course you are. Yeah. Were you going to go with one and two? <laughs> Would I have? Yeah. Uh, if I had first pick. 
Uh, you know, I don't like to go one and two, but I prob- probably that was that's the smart. I'll like just say it. it. <laughs> it's the smart. It's the smart yeah. money. Um, so I'm not going. I am not going doom and gloom. Uh, I'll go. I'll go two and one, and yeah. uh, we will. We will hope that the Knicks just lost to what turns out to be two of the five or six best teams in the league. And maybe if you want to even extend it a, a step further, I know Memphis has their defense has been a tire fire. Um, and they, I think they lost last night to a team. Oh, they didn't have John Morant though last night. So I'm not even going to count that. Like who knows? Maybe we're looking back at the first week of the season and be like, man, the Knicks got out of the gate and they lost to like three of like the five or six or seven or eight best teams in the league. And is it crazy? Maybe, but um I would like them to show up. And I think there's a world where we could be looking back at a one and two week, which you've predicted and say, all right, you know what? That's okay. Um, I feel a lot better about two and one. Definitely don't want to and three, <laughs> but you know what? We'll, we'll see what they do. Um, anything else, Jeremy, before we get out of here? Um, I don't know. I, we could talk about it before we go. Talk about what? I, Oh, I, I thought you were reading my mind. No, I just, I, I want to keep it as close to basketball as possible, but you know, Kyrie Irving decided to make it a little bit more than that. Just be a good person as a Jew, as anyone speaking. That's it. Seen a lot of shit this week. Not thrilled about it. Not called action. Just be a good person. That's all I ask. <sighs> Saw some, uh, I had a great trip. It was wonderful. Fantastic. Didn't love seeing like swastika or KKK and graffiti on a mirror in Texas. Uh, that's, you know, it's whatever, but I've seen it on subways in New York. It just happens. Um, so that's all. Just, just be a kind, respectful person. That's all I ask. I'm done. When, when are we going to be done with this? It's a when, great question. We, we've gotten to a point in society where if you, if you make a racially insensitive comment or even allude to any kind of racial insensitivity against pretty much any race, um, it's like you're that's a it's a, it's it is as it is as big a deal as it should be. And that is that is part of anti-racism is to call those things out and make them make it feel as big as it should feel. And then I feel like anti-Semitism is still in this other bucket where it's like, oh, you know, I didn't I didn't promote I didn't promote the video. Like I, you know, I was like Googling or I was fucking on Amazon. What the fuck he said? It's not okay. It's just not okay. Like in what world is that? Is it any different? And I feel like as a society, we still treat it differently. And I don't understand why I'm not even Jewish. I'm sure you don't understand why 10 times more than I don't. Um, but as far as Kyrie goes, like I, 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 I've made my, I've made my thoughts on him quite clear. He's, he's my least favorite individual in, at, at this point, I can say he's my least favorite individual in professional sports because there are, there are people maybe not as much in, in basketball, but in like baseball, certainly and football, I'm sure too, who have very different views than, than I do. Um, and you do, but for what, for, for, for Kyrie to come off as so 
enlightened and so worldly and to throw to throw, you know, nice 2022 catchphrases like living my truth and it's my reality and this and that as as if that makes because he because he's smart. He's, he's an idiot, but he's smart enough to know that's how he gets away with it. And that's how it gets to the next day without him, you know, getting the real fire under him. And dude, fuck off. Just fuck all the way off. Fuck you. And I, I just I can't believe that you're going to get to continue to have your platform whilst whilst saying, oh, I, I, I'm just a person. I, I don't it's you know, I, I'm, I'm just another guy. Right. I'm just. Another, yeah, that's yeah. all I am. OK, fuck off, dude. Just fuck all the way off. <laughs> I'm just very glad he's not Nick. I'll leave it at that. Oh, my God. Very glad. I would sooner die. I, I, I anyway. Yeah. All right. So this was a spirit into the pot. Yeah. Again, that's why I, I struggled obviously with the idea of it, and that's why I paused. But I know there are also a lot of Jewish Knicks fans out there who have had a tough week too. It doesn't matter if you're so, Jewish. You're a person. Of course, it doesn't. But I just, yeah, I am. So I, I brought it up, and for everyone. But yeah, that's it. All right. Um, thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, your words though, John. Thank you. It's very spirited. Thank you. At least I get there, really. Yeah. Uh thank you, uh, Justin, our associate producer. Everybody hear that? Andrew, wherever you are, associate, associate producer uh for tonight's episode. And uh thank you, Andrew. Um, because you are still the EP, the only EP out there. No one else can ever have that title. It's just you. And uh yeah, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll uh we'll catch you soon. Peace out. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.